everyone. This is Diana Rowan with Corn Fed Witch. I am so excited to be back in the podcasting seat. It's been too long. Got a little burnt out with podcasts over the pandemic and decided to take a break, as well as return to school. I am, that's right, I actually returned to school. I enrolled in a Wiccan seminary called Wolstenstein Theological Seminary, and I've achieved an associate's degree so far, and I'm working on my bachelor's right now. I really want to help the community. I want to make a difference in people's lives and to to really deepen the not really deepen but help develop the magical culture here in the Midwest. I feel like there's so much untapped magic in the center of the United States that's often overshadowed by the East and the West Coast. It's understandable there's more people over there, and they're great people, and they do a lot of good. But there's just this unique relationship with the land that I think only exists in the Nebraska, Kansas, the Dakotas. We are one of the the biggest producers of agriculture, and we do have a rich and storied history of First Nations. I also wanted to let you know that I am doing this on the unceded land of the Omaha and the Lakota tribes. I love that I feel like we really need to start doing more land acknowledgements in Pagan and Witchcraft because we well if you're like me I am a white 30 something woman and I have my ancestors did not originate here. We came here, we immigrated here, we need to pay tribute to the people who were here first. So I will be starting each podcast out with a land acknowledgement. And, oh, and I've also been dedicated under, into a tradition called the Wise Traditional Wicca. I'm under a teacher, my own initiatory teacher, initiatory teacher. I cannot speak today. Anyway, that is the fun in podcasting. I'll probably leave that in there. I also want people to know that I will not just be discussing Wicca on this podcast because there is room for everyone from every tradition at my table. Unless, of course, you're a Nazi, a rapist, or just a, a shitty person. Fuck Nazis, fuck rapists, fuck white supremacy. They have no place in our society. Anyway, with that being said, I do want to reintroduce this podcast. I will be doing book reviews, as well as little mini spells phases of the moon, some tips for environmentally friendly magic, as well as how to make your craft more inclusive. If you are not including everyone, you are missing out on so many perspectives and so many ways to do things. So, without further ado, I want to get into my first book, 
my first book review, my first book review, and I'm super excited because this was one of the the books that I read recently that really got me re-excited about witchcraft and reading again. So it's it's actually a bestseller, and the author just came out with a new, or is coming out with a new book somewhat soon. This one is called Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. It is a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic, and manifestation. I love the alliteration. And there's a foreword by Devin Hunter, who is another fabulous author. So I'm going to read the blurb on the back. So uncover the secrets to becoming a powerful psychic witch. Popular writer and witch Matt Oren reveals his most closely guarded tips, practices, and meditations for unlocking your psychic abilities and elevating your witchcraft into exciting new ter territory. Featuring over 90 exercises, this groundbreaking book helps your magic and your senses reach their full potential. Witchcraft and psychism are two sides of the same coin. They complement and strengthen one another. Psychic Witch provides everything you need to not only master the perception and manipulation of energy, but also to perform magic anywhere and at any time. This ingenious book teaches you how to use subtle energy in new ways and manifest your perceptions into instant magical results. And a little bit about Arthur. Matt Orn is a witch, writer, psychic, and occult teacher. He is an initiate of Black Rose Witchcraft and a priest in the Sacred Fires tradition of witchcraft. He writes the blog For Puck's Sake on Pathios Pagan, has a column in Witches and Pagans and Horns magazine, and is a contributor to Modern Witch and the Witch's Almanac. Visit him online at mattwarren.com. He is also a fantabulous person, and I hope to one day meet him in person. So this book. This book has a lot of information. If you are just starting out Firecraft, depending on your level. So if you're like a complete beginner, this may be a little bit overwhelming. But if you've already read uh, two or three books on witchcraft, I would say that go ahead and read this. There is so much information. And the way that he goes into psychic abilities, it's... I don't think outside of the seminary I've read a book that explains it this well. And I'm not saying that just because I'm biased because I like the author. It is it is explained in a succinct way that anyone can get it if they practice the exercises and do the journaling. I'm usually not a big fan of exercises in my books just because I like to read it and absorb it. That's just how I learn. I also learn. Well, I'm also a hands-on learner, but I like doing it in my own way. But the exercises are built upon each other, and so you will be eased into your psychic abilities, and you'll have the scaffolding. The, excuse me, the scaffolding to improve upon your your psychic connections. It also goes into some basic witchcraft 
concepts like the, the elements and purification and shielding. This is important because this is one of the most foundational skills that you can learn as a witch. You're going to want to shield yourself from unnecessary energy and energy that just sticks to you like a static cling. And there's balancing and calling back your energy. Now this has a really good grounding exercise in here as well as going into the lower self in the shadow which is more Jungian. I really love Carl Jung. I like to say that I am forever young. His concepts of the ar the archetypes are pretty fascinating. If you ever get the chance to, to go and go and research that, he goes into celestial. Well, Matt Orm goes into celestial energies. Like this is like if this were a Snickers bar, it would be the perfect Snickers bar. So just reading off some of the chapter titles. Like there's Meditation Relaxing, Power and Spirit, The Triple Souls of the Witch, which is really, really kind of fundamental if you're wanting to do past life work and meditation. Higher Self, True Will. And it goes in, what I think is my favorite part of this book is the Extrasensory Perception chapter, which is chapter four. It goes into the different clairs. There's clairvoyance, clairtangency, clairaudience, clairgustance, and clairaliance. These are your psychic abilities. Everyone has them. You just need the practice. And you can tap into it. And this book is perfect for that. Once again, this book is Psychic Witch by Matt Oren and I'm super excited to read the read the sequel. And there's also a really nice picture of Baphomet. If I remember correctly, I got a couple bad reviews that were talking about how awful the the Baphomet picture is. But it it's really pretty. And it's, a, and it's an easy read. It's not, well, I'm, I, I wouldn't say it's super easy, but it's not, like, overly dry, as some of the older texts are. And it's not, like, dumbing it down too much, as some of the newer texts do, as far as one-on-one -on -one goes. This Psychic Witch is an essential book to have on your shit, on your shelf if you're just starting out. Or if you've been practicing in a while. If I were to teach a class, I would use this as a textbook. Now, um, you know, not everyone is perfect. And there's, there are some things in here that I think go beyond a beginner. Um, but I don't think they, they detract too much from it. Anyway, check it out. Psychic Witch by Matt Oren with a forward by Devin Hunter. They are amazing authors. So my next segment 
that I would like to go into. And I'm really trying to keep these episodes probably about like 20 to 30 minutes or so. Something that doesn't take too much out of your day because y'all are busy. I'm busy. So my next segment is what I call like a mini spell or something that you can do on the fly. Because when I envision Corn Fed Witch, not only do I envision like it's just not really down home, but like something practical. We're, there's a lot of farmers in the Midwest. I know that's a stereotype, but it, it's true. And if something can save us time, money, resources, that's great. And especially if you're busy like me, I'm a student, I work a 9 to 5 job, I also have a partner, and I do all sorts of things, is crucial to be able to just have a couple spells that you can whip up in just a few minutes and be on your way. So the, the first spell that I would like to introduce you to is uh, it's a simple candle spell to increasing to, or drawing good health to you. I use a red candle, a small chime candle. You can use any color depending on your health needs or if you are doing a different type of candle spell that works as well. Really when it comes down to it, witches use what they have and any color can work if you're in a pinch. So I take my chime candle and I learned this trick from my witch grandmother Bella Donald Laveau. I take my athame and on the the bottom of the candle I carve an invoking pentacle and when I say invoking it means drawing it to me so I draw the star with athme the athme is an extension of your of your magical energy and extension of you it's a tool that you use you don't have to use one you can use anything that can mark on candles so you carve that pentacle with the first stroke going to you and then follow kind of in a natural way that you would do a star this until the star is complete this is going to be kind of like a signal boost pentacles are associated with communication and earth so as you're focusing your intent while carving that pentacle, you want to envision it radiating from that pentacle going up into the universe or going into you because you're attracting the health to you. And then you can write your name on the candle if you're doing the the spell for yourself. If you're doing it for someone else, I recommend getting consent first, because they may not want that energy directed towards them. So you carve your name or whoever's name on there, and then um, you can dress the candle in oil. You, it's not required. If you don't have oil, that's fine. So, well, I actually have an oil I made with Leo energy here, and it just the sun just went into Leo. So when you dress the candle with oil, you want to go, you want to kind of wipe it, kind of 
trying to think of how to explain this, away from you, um, fire is a projective element, and you're projecting your energy into the candle. So you dress the candle, which is just anointing it with oil. And then you light it. You can let it burn all the way all the way down, or you can you can let it burn forever long as you you're able to, or however long you can. Remember, fire safety is a thing. And it I personally do not have a problem if I have to blow out the candle because the energy is already in the candle. It's been charged for what I needed to do. It's fine. And then light that candle whenever you need health to come through or to come to you or to improve your health. And this is a simple spell formula that can work for really any candle magic. You can use it for money, um, intuition, etc. But it's a good simple spell to start out with. Next on the agenda, I also wanted to um, include some tips on how to be more environmentally friendly. I am by no means an expert on this, but the earth is in crisis right now, not just because of all the, the fucked up politics here in America, but because of environmental issues, and I think we're on the brink of cat. I want to say catastrophe, catastrophe as far as environmental situations go. It's really important. So I wanted to include how you can incorporate that into your life without it seeming like greenwashing, which is basically, oh, we're just going to make it seem like it's environmentally friendly, but it really isn't. Like, for example, making a bunch of plastic silverware to, to um, save the environment or like the whole thing with the straws and how they end up in turtles. Yes, straws are, plastic straws are a problem, but it's more important to have the corporations doing more so that it actually makes a difference. We're not corporations, we're just ordinary people trying to live our life. So I just want to have some some tips that you can just be live a little greener. So my my tip for this episode is how to use coffee grounds as fertilizer in your garden. I just started gardening and it just it has started to grow on me. <laughs> so coffee grounds are excellent fertilizer, and I am getting this information from gardeningknowhow.com. So used coffee grounds for gardening does not have to be compost. Many people choose to place coffee grounds straight onto the soil and use as fertilizer. I do this in my garden as well. The thing to keep in mind is while coffee grounds add nitrogen to your compost, they will not immediately add nitrogen to the, your soil. The benefit of using coffee grounds as a fertilizer is that it adds organic material to the soil, which improves drainage water retention and aeration in the soil. 
The used coffee grounds will also help microorganisms beneficial to plant growth thrive as well as attract earthworms. Many people feel that coffee grounds lower the pH or raise the acid level of soil, which is good for acid-loving plants. This is only true for unwashed coffee grounds, though. Fresh coffee grounds are acidic. Used coffee grounds are neutral. If you rinse your used coffee grounds, they'll have a near-neutral pH of 6.5, which I'm not sure what those numbers mean because I'm not a science person, and they won't affect the acid levels of the soil. And to use coffee grounds as fertilizer, work your coffee grounds into the soil around their plants. And leftover diluted coffee works well like this as too. Like this too. I've seen and heard of people putting it in a spray bottle and spraying the soil after letting it soak for about a day or so or overnight. That is a great way to fertilize your plants as well as save money on like not spending like not buying the fancy dancy fertilizer. And let's see what else I have for y'all today. Super excited. I'm hoping to get some cool guests on the show at some point. Oh, I also wanted to talk about inclusivity. So you're going to hear me bring this up a lot on this podcast. Because it's a huge problem in the witchcraft community. Um, other than, you know, the typical gatekeeping people. Um, if you don't do it this way, you're not a real witch. If you're not following this path, you're not a real witch. I think all paths are valid unless you're a Nazi or a rapist or some sort of serial killer. Then that's a whole other issue entirely. But I wanted to make a conscious effort to help right some of the the wrongs of, especially in my, my religion, because I'm Wiccan, and Gerald Gardner was a super problematic person. There's no bones about that. And some traditions of Wicca are exceedingly transphobic. Um, not, fortunately mine's not, we're super inclusive. We are actually moving away from saying projective or receptive energy. Um, but there are still those those tangents of in groups of witches who are not welcoming of people who are different than them. And this is, of course, you know, a problem in all areas of the U.S. I can't speak to um, other countries, but I think it's a problem in Canada as well with the First Nations. You can be for diversity and still practice a legitimate witchcraft. It doesn't have to be like high magic, pretentious, white male dominated circling. And it doesn't have to be folk magic as well. But what I want to do is to make sure everyone is welcome. Um, There's room for you at my table. So I'm going to be including tips on how to be more inclusive in your craft. And just as some self-identification, I am a white cisgender lesbian in, well, obviously in Nebraska. So it's a little bit difficult because we tend to be Republican. Well, I don't tend to be Republican. Fuck them. Um, I, I, I'm actually not a Democrat either. I'm Green Party because I'm a hippie. 
but there are ways that you can be inclusive and not everyone knows these these skills and it's my job as a white person to educate other white people on how to how to just be better because we fucked up so the first tip I think is the, the most important is to recognize who is not at the table if you are trying to determine um, something to do, like something craft-wise, etc., and you want to do it for the community, and you notice that you have a group of mostly homogenous people, acknowledge that those perspectives, those diverse perspectives, are not present. If you are a group of mostly straight people, and you notice that there's not a gay person in your group, Acknowledge that that exists and to examine ways to strategize and how you can be more welcoming or how, like, you, it's, so, it's such a delicate balance because you don't want to go into tokenism, but you want to make sure that you are acknowledging your privilege and where you're coming from. And that will lead you into being more open to learning how other people live their lives. And I can tell you there's, if you have 10 people in a room, there are 10 different ways to live your life. There's 10 ways to do, to do something. Take time to listen and to shut up when you need to shut up. So I think I kind of rambled there, but um, I think that's a good kind of like, Introduction on how to be inclusive, at least for this podcast. I'm definitely like don't don't do the whole. I don't see color. If you don't see color, you can't see problems. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was my revival of Cornfed Witch for the first episode. Um, we did some discussing, reviewing a book. Um, I'm probably going to go and drink some LaCroix because I'm thirsty. I hope you continue to tune in. And if you have any tips or any stories or funny witchy antidotes, be, fr- be sure to email me at cornfedwitch at gmail.com. You can check out my website, cornfedwitch.com. Um, I have a Patreon. I also am doing a free tarot reading tomorrow at Hearthside Candles and Curios in Ralston, Nebraska. Keep an eye out for events. Um, I'm, oh, and I'm also a certified member of the Seattle Psychics Association. That recently happened, I think, about two weeks ago. Got my seal of approval. Super excited about that. It's a professional organization of psychics. And anyway, this is my humble podcast, and I hope you had some corn-fed nuggets of wisdom. Um, My name is Diana Rowan. Thank you for joining me. Stay safe and corn-fed. Need to work on that, but bye!